Okay. Well, good evening, all. Great mm-hmm. to see everyone here. We got Judy, Yvonne, Reverend Bill, Gloria, and of course myself. And Lana, our dear Lana, is listening. We'll read to her. And hopefully somebody else will join us during the evening. We'll have more people. But it's the old group together, the original. And here we are. We're still in the third treatise, the treatise on the personal self. We'll be going into Chapter 12, The Physical True Self in the House of Truth, or The Physical Self in the House of Truth. Can you and tell like us what I you? Oh, sure. In the book, that is page 311, in my first edition, 311. Thank you. Okay. Um, what we'll do, like we normally do, you know, we'll read paragraphs. We'll probably read right through this chapter. It's short. It's only about 12, 11 uh, paragraphs. So, and, you know, like we've done, if there's something in between you want to stop and comment on, it's fine. Just say, you know, I'd like to say this. I mean, I don't have to tell you the format. We're pretty uh, tuned into it. And with that said, uh, I will just center us with some nice, meaningful affirmation, an affirmation that will center us and bring us together in our oneness, in our togetherness, and in our love for each other, which is so obvious. So so if you want to close your eyes and just relax for a couple of seconds and listen to this word, these words. Abundant blessings flow to us and through us. We are alive to creative energy, awake to prospering ideas, and open to unlimited goodness. Feel those words. We are alive to creative energy. Feel that energy. Feel those prospering ideas. Open to that unlimited goodness. It's there. Regardless of what you hear or see on television, do people, other people, know the truth. There is unlimited goodness in this world, in this world that we make. And we, as the, not the seekers, the knowers, we know. And we want to share that knowing with all our brothers and sisters. That is our role. And we know that from Jesus Christ himself, as he was. So. Abundant <sighs> blessings for do us, do us, and do us. Amen, amen. So we have Judy, Yvonne, Reverend Bill. Gloria, you reading, sweetie? Hello? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, we were muted. Yeah, yeah, I will read. Thank you. Okay. All right. We'll read night to Lana. Lana's going to rest her voice. She and I were speaking this afternoon, and she's, she's tired. <laughs> 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 anyway, let me go back to Chapter 11, which was the temptations of the human experience. And I'll bring you into Chapter 12. Do not be afraid to use anything available within the house of illusion 
to promote the recognition of truth. Do not be afraid of the house of illusion at all. What illusion can frighten those who know the truth? The first lesson on the temptation of the human experience comes in truth as a warning against righteousness. It comes to remind you as you replace the thought system of illusion with the thought system of the truth that having remembered the truth of who you are, you are called to forget the personal self who would find this cause for righteousness. You are not right and others wrong. This temptation will not long be with you, for once the old thought system is once the old thought system is thoroughly translated to the new. Such ideas as right and wrong will be no more. It is only for this transitional phase that this and all reminders regarding the temptations of the human experience are necessary. Judy, you want to take us into 12? Eat, we'll all take a uh, um, uh, paragraph, okay? And just keep it rolling. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Consciousness is a state of awareness. The statement, I am, is a statement of awareness of consciousness. Awareness preceded the statement of I am. I am preceded the creation of the self. The self preceded the establishment of the personal self. Thank you, Judy. You exist within the time of consciousness of the personal self. Thus, we begin our work with the personal self while also realizing that the personal self is a step in the chain of consciousness. The steps that came before that of the personal self did not come within time. The creation of time was simultaneous with the creation of the personal self. Because the steps that came before that of the personal self did not come in time, they are eternal. Eternal levels of consciousness that still exist and have always existed. That was a mouthful. (laughs) Temptations of the human experience exist only in time. What we are about to do is move the human experience out of the realm of time. For this to happen, we must remove the time-bound temptations of the human experience and of the the personal self. Mirror or form is bound by time. A spirit is not. The house of truth cannot be bound by time and be a house of truth. How then can the personal self begin to realize the human experience outside of time? The answer is thus. By changing the consciousness of the personal self from a time-bound state of consciousness to eternal state of consciousness, this change, as has been said before, is a miracle. This miracle is the goal toward which we now work. Pass. 
realize that prior to this point, our goal was returning to your awareness the truth of your identity. By changing our goal now, I am assuring you that you have become aware of the truth of your identity. The goal of this course has been accomplished. However, while your consciousness remains time-bound, your awareness is still limited. As has already been stated, in order to remove the limits that continue to exist, we must remove all time-bound temptations. Yeah. Yvonne. These temptations are not temptations of the body. They may seem to be, but the body is neutral. All temptations originate in the mind and are transferred to the body. Temptations do not originate from love. While some temptations may seem to be of love, they are not. (laughs) As it dawns upon your once slumbering mind that change on a grand scale awaits you, you will grow fearful if you do not realize that what is being proposed to you here is something completely new, something you have not even dreamed of. This state you have not even dared to dream of is a state in which only God's laws of love exist even within the realm of physicality. What this means is that all that in this human experience has come of love will be retained. All that will be lost is what has come of fear. Let's return a moment to the choice that was made for the human experience. The choice to express whom you are in the realm of physicality. You, You were not better or more right before this choice was made than you are now. You made a choice consistent with the laws of creation and the steps of creation outlined above. From this choice, many experiences ensued. Some of these experiences were the results of fear, some the results of love. The choice to express who you are in physical terms was not a choice made of fear, but made of love. A physical self is not inconsistent with the laws of God or creation. It is simply a choice. Oh, boy, is it. The life of the physical self became a life of suffering and strife only because the physical or personal self forgot that it exists in relationship and believed itself to be separate and alone. In its fear, it made an ego self, which because it sprang from fear, was not consistent with the laws of love or of creation. Knowing it existed in a state inconsistent with that of the laws of God, it made of God a being to be feared, thus continuing and being unable to find release from the cycle of fear. 
What would be a greater step in all of creation than a physical self able to choose to express the true self within the laws of love? That's the question. I'm going to read it again. What would be a greater step in all of creation than a physical self able to choose to express the true self within the laws of love? A physical self able to express itself from within the house of truth in ways consistent with peace and love is the next step in creation. The rebirth of the Son of God known as the resurrection. Okay. While this would seem to say that mistakes may occur within creation, remember that creation is about change and growth. There is no right or wrong within creation, but there are stages of growth and change. Humankind is now passing through a tremendous stage of growth and change. Are you ready? (laughs) Sign me up. Yep. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that a great question? Are we ready? I think it's a great idea that we're covering this entire chapter in in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot in it. And mm-hmm. it, you know, I see in in the line. I don't know where it is now. But the one that, that has jumped out of me from the beginning, there it is in 12.9, it says that the life of the physical self became a life of sufferings and strife only because the physical or personal self forgot that it exists in the relationship and believed itself to be separate and alone. And... What I, rec- what I hold at that point is that prior to this choice to experience the physical, we knew who we were, one in God. We knew of that oneness, and that's, that's all that there was. And I hear in this a desire to experience the physical, not knowing that to truly experience the physical we had to forget who we are. Thus, mm-hmm. we, we, we slipped into this separation, and this belief in separation, and this belief in the body. I, I'm complete for now. I'm yeah, just well, that's great. Like well, a, I agree. Like a coma. You know, it's like when they say Adam fell asleep, but they never said he, you know, he hasn't. He woke. Right. Right? Was still oh, here. Yeah, that was lovely, Bill. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. There's no way yeah, that's, that's to say that's he woke. That's a good way. Yeah, that's what it yeah. says. That's interesting, Paula. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one really good way of expressing what happened to us. And there are many, many other um, ways that we can look at this as well. And none of them are wrong. They're all absolutely right. And uh, a lot of the um, information that I have received suggests that because we are 
physical, which is not our natural state, obviously, in order for us to learn and grow and change in this realm, we pretty much had to forget who we are. It's like we're all mm-hmm. actors here, playing a part, playing a role. We've written our script, and in order to play our part perfectly, we have to forget. If we knew that this was all just a silly illusion, none of us would enter into this physical existence with, any, with anything other than a smirk and, and, uh, and uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just an idea. Well, this doesn't really matter, so why bother anyway? And so we, we chose to forget we chose to forget so that we could learn and grow. This is just another aspect of creation. And so being here, we play our part, and we all do it very, very well. And then we cast other characters to play their part in our dramas, and they are cast mm-hmm. beautifully by each of us <laughs> so that we get to actually create our existence and learn and grow, evolve, and change from this. There's nothing wrong with this realm. It's just a choice that we made to be here. I think it's absolutely wonderful. And, of course, there's probably mm-hmm. other explanations to why we're here or how we're here or yada, yada, as well, too. That's just my take on it as well as all the others. So that's all I have yeah. for now. I'm complete. Yeah, that was good, Judy. You know, there's that line in eight, the few sentences at the end. The choice to express who you are in physical terms was not a choice made of fear, but made of no. love. Yeah, a physical self is not inconsistent with the laws of God or of creation. It is simply a choice. <laughs> and we will make yeah. it. Yeah. But it was initially made with love. And then Absolutely. the life became a life of self, only because the physical, you know, it was forgotten. That's exactly, yeah. you know, sums up what you, everyone's saying, what Reverend Bill said, what you said. It sums yeah. it up and we forgot. I really I like think. that, Paula, and, and I like what Judy said, too. It's like, um, it's like being in a movie theater, and sometimes we can be so enraptured by the movie <laughs> that um, we forget we lose awareness or that consciousness of self. We've mm-hmm. joined with the movie, and the only problem with life is that we really believe we're the character in the movie and forget <laughs> that, that we're the one sitting in the audience watching it, you know. And <laughs> um, and, and I also like where, where Jesus says that we forgot that we are in relationship and um, and and not and we're not, alone and and I experience that you know whenever I share the love of God or share anything with anybody it's in that joining you know when you have a when you have a heavy you're carrying a heavy emotional load and you share mm-hmm. it with someone love and just the sharing of it you feel it diminish you feel it it, like just sharing it with someone in love you know that you love and loves you that's such a beautiful thing because that heaviness starts to dissipate. And when you and I were talking about it today, Paula, about, you know, sharing a story for the with the intention of healing instead of sharing a story with someone for the purpose of having the story validated. You know, there's two different places that we can come from. 
And um, and I know whenever I share the love of God, I can feel that love just rise up inside of me. Um, mm. And it's like an energetic surge that happens, whether I'm writing or speaking, even real, even now, you know, I can feel tingling, holy goosebumps, you know, talking about God. You know, it's in that joining and relationship and sharing where we're being our authentic self. We're not feeling isolated, separate, and alone. And I can really see where grief and fear and all those somber emotions can start to build up when we forget that we're not alone. That, and we may look fragmented in form, but the truth of us, the higher self of us, um, is one, and we're and you know and it, and just remembering that and but I can experience that oneness and that unity and relationship in physical form, just through the act of sharing and joining with a brother in love, and it doesn't matter what it's about whether I'm sharing a problem with someone I love or I'm sharing a happy time with someone I love. It's the love. That's the key that makes it almost magical, you know? It's miraculous in how it can just dissipate fear, dissipate anxiety. And just this Christmas weekend, I won't get into the story, but there was a lot of crazy crap going on. It was an adventure movie. <laughs> my daughter and myself. And, 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 but when we shared with each other, you know, her adventurous movie, and my, then I had my adventurous movie, and but we were all we always shared in a way that um, ended with I'm just leaving, trusting everything to God. I don't know anything. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm trusting God. And she was in the same place, and and just by sharing that, we both were uplifted, and we were reminded of our truth. So. This is a great mm. chapter. I, I really enjoyed listening to it and trying to read along as best I could. So thank you, guys. No, thank, <laughs> thank you, you Lana. Thank you. Yeah, that was when you were when you were describing it, Lana, it re, it reminded me of a um, few weeks back. I don't know, two or three weeks back, when I had that meltdown over this this um, reaction I had from the vaccine, that, that kicked off a healing for me, and I'm, I feel absolutely wonderful now. And I just want to thank you girls for being there that night. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. As we, yeah. As we were reading this, um, I, I recalled something that I, I noticed um, earlier on in, in uh, studying this material or being in this material. I can recall, um, particularly as a young, a young kid or a young man or what have you, coming up with ideas that uh, I was just on fire about and that these were ideas that <clears throat> were to produce something pro- positive, something loving, something to to improve a condition, improve a situation in, in a company, in a world, or, or whatever it was, I'd have these ideas that would come through that I was just filled with love and enthusiasm about. 
bringing them about. Then we got into the, the action of bringing it, to, bringing it into fruition. And that's where all hell broke loose. That's where the figuring, the, the judgment, where the fear-based and the, the judgment, the right-wrong came into, came into existence um, that, that just unfolded that invariably, ultimately, these things did not turn out the way that, that that first picture, that first envisioning of it was. And I, I've reflected on that as we, I've read this in the past and, and equate that to us choosing to experience the physical from a state of love, from such a dream, such a, such a clear idea, a clear picture, without knowing what's going to come along, what, what's going to be the, the, the aspect of it, and what is entailed to perpetuate that, that belief system, i.e. that my body is real um, and, and that I am my body as, as part of that belief. Um, and, and more recently now, I, I'm just grateful to, as, as we're reflecting on this, recognizing just as I have a body that's a tool for me, I have a mind that's a tool for me. And who I am is something different than that. And yet, the ability or the means to be able to express or to share through this state, through the use of the mind or the use of the body as tools of service, it sure is making it easier. It sure is. To me, I guess I would say that this is the healing process the the healing process of our belief of my belief in separation, and my guess is that I'm not alone in that. Thank you, and uh, I, I just see how all that fits together, at least in my perspective. I'm complete. That's great. Thank you, Reverend Bill. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. You know, you know, I. I can think back over the years, you know, particularly with the course of miracles, you know, with, I'm not a body. I mean, I, I don't, I've said this so many times, and it is like in this now and embracing my body, my physicality, accepting it and knowing it's not right, it's not wrong, it's just who I am right now. And, and I made this choice. And it's just making life so much easier for the life in this physical form to accept that. You know, like, yes, I do have, I can use the word tool. And Jesus does in the Course of Miracles, you know, in spite of, you know, and what he was saying is, no, I'm not a body, I'm a soul. That's basically what he was saying. Uh, Or a spirit, whatever you want to call it, you know, how you feel comfortable with. That he needed that tool. And he still does. And that tool is our feet and our hands and our eyes and our mind and our heart. And, you know, to navigate through this physical world, to bring the love. Because that's what, you know, that's what we were. And, I, you know, I keep looking down and it is so apropos. Here we are, what, two days after the resurrection? And there he says at the bottom of 10, a physical 
itself able to express itself from within the house of truth in ways consistent with peace and love is the next step in creation, the rebirth of the Son of God known as the resurrection. So we are still, you know, Jesus displayed that we in our growth, when we connect and we know in that house of truth, and it's the rebirth of each of us as the Son of God. It's our individual resurrection, but then we know we are one. So it's the soul's resurrection. And it's rebirth. Every moment, every second in this time element. And that's what we're doing. Every time we wake to the knowing. And even when we, you know, fall into the, that doubt or fear and and the real the reality you know the real the reality comes back. It's like yes, yes. And I like it's been happening more wearing more in the reality than the fear. And I love where I am now. Oh, I have my moments, but it's okay. Because it's a moment momentary lapse in my knowing. That's all it is. Not right or wrong. It's just where I am. And it's so good to accept that right now, right here, and who I am. That's love. Love the way God loves me. I'm complete with that one. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome, Paula. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you, Paula. Yeah. I remember a long time ago, Paula, you said something. Um, but you sometimes refer to yourself in the physical body as as being your avatar, and that has really stuck mm-hmm. with me. And I know, yeah, and I know that just thinking about that or experiencing how that feels inside of me, it feels like, yeah, that's right on. It just takes the whole idea of my physicality out of the realm of ego importance because it's not. It's just not important. It's a. It's a. Um, it's a thing that I have um, that just is here to is here to experience whatever choices are made to experience over the last eighty years, and that's all it is. That's all it is. It's not anything more or less than that. That's just what it is, and it's made it much easier for me to just accept I have a body for this for now, and that's fine. The more important part is that, um, I mean, I made the choice to have this body in this particular existence right now, and that's fine. I also know that when I leave this body and go home, my ego is not going to survive so much as soul and the, the true self, the, the um, how do I put it, the, the truth of who I am is what remains. It's kind of like the, this is the actor that I am playing in this role, and like any actor, when I'm finished my movie, I go home, but I don't retain the character in the movie. I become the truth of who I am. And I think that's, I, I don't think that there's a part of me that just feels that's right. It just feels, yes, that is what happens. It's not like I'm going to forget all the ego experiences because I do believe that we retain some, some awareness of what we've all been through. Uh, I just know that the truth of who I am is going to become far more predominant than the than the avatar right now, who is just kind of playing out its role. 
So, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Paula, for that. That um, that really helped me a lot and still does when I think of it. So, again, thank you. And I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. It reminds me of what Wayne Dyer used to always say, that we are spirit having a human experience, not the other way around. <laughs> so as long as I keep that <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> yeah. So we got Yvonne and Gloria, who've been very quiet so far. My sisters, do you have anything to bring to the table? <laughs> the feast we're indulging in. Well, this is Yvonne. Um, I'm afraid I'm uh, I'm stuck in attachment right here, right now. In the physical body, oh. I'm just going with the flow here, and uh, and just uh, accepting this this process that I'm in. So here we go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I understand that place. Oh, do I understand that? I was in the same place this week. I lost the internet for almost a week. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I never God. knew how oh, attached I was. I really got to look at that. You know, I couldn't go on Facebook. I couldn't write or share. Mm. or I couldn't even get into my bank account or read my email. I had 140 emails to open today when the, when the Internet was finally fixed, the technician came. And it, but, I, you know, the first few days were pretty rough, you know, because I had made it into an idol in my mind. And um, I had to heal that. But then the rest of it was very peaceful. I read and I watched TV and talked to some people on the phone. And and, um, and it was a really a surprise because the, the company told us that they wouldn't be able to send their technician until the first of the year, like July, I mean, mm. January 2nd. So I had accepted that. You know, I had accepted that. And, and then when he showed up today, unexpected, it was like such a blessing. But it was it was good that I had a chance to really look at that attachment, you know, to something in the world that I valued so much. And um, and and I value it because it keeps me in communication with everyone. And so I'm I'm grateful for it. But it's not a God, you know. It's not a God. I can still be with God without the internet. So. That was a pleasant realization. <laughs> God, not the internet. Come on, you're blowing, bursting my bubble. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Yvonne, are you okay with being uh, where you are right now in terms of? Yeah, uh, I'm okay. Uh, okay, perfect. Paul and myself, we just had had some kind of irreconcilable situation, and uh, I oh. just I just have to grow and learn from it. So I'm just oh. okay. Uh, okay. Happy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have to so let it. You're still processing. Yeah, yeah. let it just go in. Yvonne, are like, you, yeah, I just I, wanted I, to ask if you're still processing it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's it's thing. It's just that uh, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to even explain. That's why it's hard to even talk about it because 
I had asked Paul, I, I watch a lot of YouTube uh, documentaries, and I love these historical, you know, documentaries and so on. So I had asked him if he'd be interested in watching it. Uh, just talked about the the, the uh, roots of Christianity, the original roots like the Roman and all this. And mm-hmm. um, right away he said, well, how long is that? I said, well, six hours, but, you know, I just want to read you one of it. And right away he's like, not, I don't want to watch anything for six hours, but what I was realized he was doing is he was sidestepping it. Instead of saying, no, I'm not interested, I don't want to watch that, he came off with, uh, you know, if it's six hours, I don't want to watch it. I said, well, that's not what I ask. You know, I'm only asking. I'm not going to watch it for six hours either because I'm going to get on this call here and, you know, that kind of thing. So it kind of went down the rabbit hole because he said, well, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> Well, I'm not a Christian either, Paul. You know, I'm really not now. You know, I'm so you know I'm Jewish. You know, and you get back to the old idea of Judaism and you know the the whole concept of of, of a, a jealous God and and revenge and this whole sense. So it didn't go anywhere, and it never, it never will go anywhere. So I just have I said to him at the end, I said, look, this is not going anywhere. The lesson I need to learn right now is that. I had to just learn to let these things go and, and not allow them to start off to go down a rabbit hole or, you know, take off a, a scenario on its own and then it's not about what well, original question, you know. So anyway, yeah. I just, okay, I'll come up in my room and close the door. Don't bother me all night. Leave me alone. So that's where <laughs> we are. Yeah, well, I totally understand. I do. And that's I okay. really get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about it is he doesn't really talk religion. But then this this is this fundamental Christian Judea, you know, battle. You know, the Jews killed Jesus and all this kind of stuff, you know, the Messiah. Mm. All this you hear about, you yeah. don't really know, really thought about it and understood it and processed it in your own mind or his own mind. So he just still has this thing, you know. Uh, so oh, that's, that's yeah. the word ended up right there, and I knew that. And, but mm-hmm. anyway, it's it's okay. This kind of happened before, but not exactly like that. And I try to tend not to go uh, into discussions about stuff like that. But it's like I told him, I'm not a Christian. I'm really not. I mean, I I know mm-hmm. know the Jesus, and I Jesus is the Christ in me. But I'm not a Christian. I gave up Christianity. Many, many years ago, I was an, a quote-unquote an atheist before that, you know. So it's, I'm not defending Christianity. I was just wanting him to see if he'd be interested in having an open mind just to re-listen to this documentary. So that's where it is. And I, like, I know I could probably talk about it online because it's very raw. But I'll be out. I'm, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm That's why I'm here. I get on the call. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, thank you again. so much for sharing that, Yvonne. Well, yeah, I really, I really, I really do get the dilemma. As you all know, I am Jewish, yeah. and as you yeah. all know, I had that thrown in my face in the schoolyard, how I personally killed Jesus. So, I mean, I understand everything that's going on, especially within Paul, and that's a tough one to get over, being accused of something like that. I got to tell you, it's tough. It's tough yeah. to be yeah. accused of something you know you didn't do, and you know that didn't really happen, and it's tough. And as far as having a God, that is very, very personal. I grew up in a Jewish household, 
And I never got preached at by about anything. All I knew about God was that God was love and benevolent. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. And I but think it's think, a matter of upbringing. Yeah, go ahead. But this, for me, you know, I would think that most people don't, most people have gone past these, these ideas now, you know. And it's just, I guess, for him, he's, it's only what he was taught. He hasn't thought about it. Yeah. He doesn't back in and think. Yeah. It's just how he was taught, and it just, it just reaction yeah. comes right out. It's just right away. It's, it's ingrained. Yeah, of course it does. It, yeah, so that's mm-hmm. what, out, you know. So that, I, like I said, I'm not trying to change you. I can't, I'm not doing that. I just thought maybe be interested. Mm-hmm. I realize, you know, Ilan, that's a touchy subject, so just yeah, It's a deep wound. Yeah, it's a deep, it's a deep wound. very, very deep, deep wound. wound. And some and you know that, yes. And he doesn't, he's not reflective on stuff like this, you know, and, and that's where we mm-hmm. differ in a lot. Okay, I mean, you know, we can, we, we don't have an issue normally. It's just somehow, mm-hmm. I guess, this has been brewing, could have been brewing, you know, for who knows how long, and it just had to come out. And that's, that's good, too, that it has to come out, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it does have to come out. It does have to come out. And I know whenever Barry and I have gone through any kind of issues, ne- we've never really had any um, religious issues except that I knew that um, for a long time my husband was uh, a really deep anti-Semitic, okay? Oh, and that yeah. was a little tough to live with. <laughs> yeah. And that was a little tough to live with. So, you know, I had some issues. Yeah. But you know what? They were just an issue. It was a stupid issue. The Jews yeah. don't need any kind of protection. They don't need me defending them, for God's sakes. You know, he's my husband. I just basically said to him, that's kind of an anti-Semitic remark. And he blushed (laughs) and he got it and he never uttered it again. You know, it's just like, okay, fine. End of discussion. I'm not going to hold on to that crap because who cares? Religion is man-made. As far as I'm concerned, it's man-made. We are individuals. And your husband, Paul, is deeply wounded. And he can blame it on being Jewish and all the crap that was thrown at him from a youngster. That's, That's real to him. You know, but it is, he's not that he's not thing we all you. have right we need yeah. to evolve all yes. of us but it's not my job yes no that's no. <laughs> no it's not it's not your job yeah. to evolve him sweetheart that's his job and if he's yeah. not you know like my husband if he's not evolved in a certain way so be it let him grow in his own time and space i don't give a crap it doesn't yeah. matter all them i had to do i said i just have to end this here it's not going anywhere yeah uh, yeah. But anyway, it'll, it'll it'll calm down. It's okay. But we don't have battles yeah, like that, you know. Uh, but it's clearly very deep, and and sometimes you have mm-hmm. you have this stuff, you know. So okay, yeah. well, thank you so yeah. much for being here and, and listening to me tonight. Oh, anytime, because yeah, that that stuff is that stuff is tough. It's tough when you're married to someone and your life yeah. partners. You know, it's a tough one to to navigate. And, yeah, you're going to have a meltdown. I have meltdowns. We all have meltdowns, okay? That's just part of living with another soul and living with another human being. And it, it, and it is okay. Just realize that you, Yvonne, are completely and wonderfully lovable. You have a good heart. You've got an amazing soul. You are trying to do something for him. And if he doesn't appreciate it, well, you know what he can do with that, okay? That's not yours. That's his stuff. I only wanted him to share the, the, the document. Oh, I wasn't really trying to convert him, even though this I is know. not really about Christianity. <laughs> Origins of Christianity. It's not about Christianity. That's why I couldn't understand 
why he was getting into this Christianity thing when, you know. Because that's but his and, wound. That is his wound. This is a deep, deep unless, wound. Unless something yeah, underneath exactly. it all, it's very deep. Exactly. It exactly. Something even beyond his presence, yes, you know, physicality. So we don't know. It does. And he it does. Look like Paula. I have a... I have a couple of items to, to offer in this regard. Um, first and foremost, uh, I am so grateful and so I accept that it was so perfect that Helen Shookman was the one who received this material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to mm-hmm. recognize, here she, she was raised, raised um, in the Jewish faith and yet... She was so angry with it, she became a, a, an angry agnostic or, or an angry atheist, as, as was described in, in one point in, in her, um, her mm-hmm. um, biography. But, and what I see in this is, in my imagination, I just reflect on what would it have been like for somebody from a given particular Christian faith or Christian religion to have received A Course in Miracles. And how would that have played out contrasted to recognizing Helen and Bill and what they did in bringing something together that was available for everyone? Everyone. With no, with no bent towards any given religious organization, but instead just the message that they've got that they received for all, for everyone. And the other point that I would say to this is that in the the first group that I began studying the Course of Miracles with, they had been together for a couple of years before I joined them. I joined them, and, and I, I just I, I loved the energy. But, but that community included several very bright, very competent, and very established Jewish families. Mm. That, that a good friend of mine who subsequently was in a men's group with me, he was, ra- he was raised Jewish, and his wife... Is, is very successful in the city of San Jose um, as a city, you know, working in, in different agencies within um, the city itself. And there was another couple as well that this guy had been very successful as a businessman and now he was a consultant on his own and he was just on fire about A Course in Miracles, as was his wife's. And I just recognize that I, I just I, I honored that, I, and I so appreciated that. It just made so much sense because, again, this message is for all of us. For well, let me let me back up and say, this message is for all of us who are willing to be open to it, and whoever's not willing to be receiving it, we know we know that they're on the path of awakening in whatever form it's going to take. And uh, mm-hmm. we just have found, we've just found a, what I would say is a shortcut. 
it's been very, yeah, very totally. easy for me to very easy for me to accept. And um, I know that these these others these the Jewish families in that community of about seventeen of us that uh, it was it was just they were right there with us a hundred percent in 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 the studies in the teachings and in the application of these teachings in their lives as well as all of our lives um, and I, I I don't know if, if if anybody can see what I my point is there about Helen having been having having walked away from the Jewish faith but more importantly was not involved with any religion that she is the one mm-hmm. who received this can you, you imagine think that was like you think that was like coincidence Reverend Bill I'd say that's who she is, who she was, and from mm-hmm. her past lives. This is this, she. She probably you mean in in the story of the, of the course, you know, in mm-hmm. the dream that she has, she talks about seeing the um, seeing the scrolls. And right. and she unrolls the scrolls one way, and it says, "This is all the past." And you roll to the right; it's going to give you all the future. And she just rolls it back up and say, just to where she can see it, saying, "God is." And she said, mm-hmm. "That's all I need." And then she heard a voice say, "You made it this time." Mm-hmm. Well, part of the plan. That's oh, beautiful. Yeah. You know what this whole discussion brings up for me? Um, Jesus' words on the cross is like his, his um, pleading with his father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I love his non-judgment of the, not only the Jewish community, because Jesus himself was Jewish, but also the Roman mm-hmm. soldiers who were pagans. And he he took forgiveness and gave it a different spin forgive them for they know not what they do they were just ignorant of the truth they weren't bad Mm -hmm. or wrong they were just Mm -hmm. ignorant of the truth and the truth sets you free but until you know the truth you are in a state of darkness and Mm -hmm. um, it's it's just not a pleasant place to be but when I can look at my fellow man and anything that anyone does that pushes my buttons, um, you know, I can say that to myself, and I and and I can say it about myself too because I sometimes get angry and I certainly judge, and I just remember those words of Jesus, and they're so comforting, and they're and they're such they have such clarity in it, you know, it's it's like just this beautiful kernel of truth forgive them father for they know not what they do yeah and without uh, judgment he, yeah no my husband was an atheist too but he was also one of the most awake persons i've ever met and he <laughs> his idea of atheism wasn't about there wasn't a grand design or divine design or a creator but his um, oh, what's the right word? Image of God, what he had grown up to with and had been taught about God, 
that was shattered during World War II when he saw all the cruelty of the world, mothers, you know, with holding their dead babies, and he said there is no God. And he thought, well, you know, no God could allow this to happen. So it was a concept that he no longer believed in. This earthly mm-hmm. human concept of God is what he no longer believed in. But uh, he was non-judgmental. He was loving and caring. Everybody loved him. And um, so, and I could talk to him about anything, <laughs> even A Course in Miracles. You know, and he would listen, you know. He, he, of course, he didn't want any part of it. But, but you know, that had nothing to do with who he was. You know, I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, so it's it's like, um, the, you know, our humanity, God bless it, labels everything, defines everything, judges everything. That's just part of the package. But I love, yeah. um, I love where it says in A Course of Love, that our what's our ask this what's our response to that you know what's our response exactly. do we react in the same way in fear or do we respond with love and Jesus okay. told me one time he said you know the bravest thing you'll ever do is to it is when you respond to fear with love and it does take courage sometimes when every fiber of your humanity is saying strike back, defend, or justify, you know. and But that that's just, you know, hate breeds hate. You know, that's what's going on in the world today. And um, it doesn't accomplish anything, really. It's only when we just give up the battle, <laughs> rise above it and just say, you know, let's just stop the killing. Let's just live in peace. Let's just love one, love one another. The truth is simple, not always easy, but it's really simple. It's like the golden rule in every, just about every philosophy and religion that exists have a, their own, even Eastern philosophies and religions have the same basic con, uh, you know, concept of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In, mm-hmm. in Buddhism and in just in Islam, and, you know, it, it's, it's the key to, um, to inner peace. When we can do it, <laughs> so and when we can't forgive ourselves, you know, better luck next time. Oops, I did it again. You know, it's not something to feel guilty about. It's just something to notice. I did it again. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be more willing to respond with love the next time. And, and it's really contagious, you know. If if um, because oh, when yeah. I shared this, you know, if you respond to anger with peace. It diffuses the whole situation. I've encountered this with my daughter so many times, especially when she was in her early recovery from drugs, you know, just to be a place of peace no matter how she showed up. And and I witnessed miracles where she would just calm down because she had nothing to react to. You know, if I would have reacted to things she said or her actions with anything other than love or peace, she would just defend herself and attack again. But mm-hmm. responding with peace and love just diffuses the whole thing because there's nothing for them to respond to or defend or, re- I mean, so to true. react to. 
Yeah, so anyhow, I'll shut up now. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> no, that was yeah, great, Lana. Yeah, I absolutely, you, yeah, I absolutely agree with all of that, yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I found for myself that when I'm, I'm not completely um, in, in a state of being that is completely peaceful, I will strive before I, and, I, and I'm getting better at this, okay? I will strive rather than react. I will do my best to try and see the neutrality, try and understand that all events, everything is neutral. Everything is neutral. I will just go back to the basic, which is how I use neutrality kind of like a stepping stone to a complete feeling of peacefulness that nothing really matters. Everything is just basically okay. And um, it's, it's a process. That's what I'm finding. It's a process. I don't always achieve it. And I will say, like, you know, like, like we know, oops, did it again, and next time I'll do better because I become just a little bit more aware prior to the used-to-be instantaneous knee-jerk reaction. So it's a process. It's you know, sure is. Yeah. And the main word you used was the awareness. We are aware. Yes. We're becoming more yes. and more aware. You yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah. Not acting from that primal, you know, that primitive. Yeah, nature. primal, knee-jerk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 it's like, yeah. you know, the awareness yeah. that, we're, it's the knowing. Exactly. Yeah, whatever. yeah. It's the, it's the yeah. conscious awareness. It's that part mm-hmm. of God, that conscious awareness, that energy of awareness, that conscious energy of awareness. And all it takes is a split second to become aware of that particular feeling. I mean, the anger will come first. I'm finding very quickly that idea of it's okay to remain neutral. It's okay not to have an opinion, Mm -hmm. not to have a reaction. It comes right on its heels. So that's all I can say about that because I haven't achieved, you know, walking on water yet. So (laughs) You know, know, the the (laughs) eye... The irony, well, I don't know if it's the irony, but here, you know, here we are. I mean, let's still face we're all at that age of maturity, you know, when, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maturity becomes wisdom and we become more, you know, in tune. And it seems like that that's the, um, the root, I don't know what's the word I could use, like from birth to growth and then, you know, to aging. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you use the word process, you know, use the process. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we come into this experience, you know, with what we take our luggage, our baggage from another lifetime, but we start again, and it's mm-hmm. the process. And then so when we're ready to end this journey, you know, we either come in, because I remember, I think it was, who the heck book I read, you go out with debits or credits, it was Stukoff uh, years ago. You come in with debits and credits, you know, and mm-hmm. it begins to, you know, leave the debits behind and leave this earthly experience with credit, credits. And so, you know, as we get more matured and do so many different experiences and our knowing grows, it's like, you know, it's like stop and just listen, you know, and it, it's all coming together. And that's what makes this time in my life, you know, like, it's like, wow, where was I 50 years ago? <laughs> like, why didn't I have a feeling? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Glad and clear. 
As, anyway. as both Gloria and, and Yvonne have heard me say, as far as I'm concerned, this is the only game in town anymore. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, uh, yeah, and great. And just a bit, bit of a segue here. I see here in the most recent Miracles magazine, our beloved friend, Lana has a new article on the arrival of Christ consciousness. Just got Mm -hmm. the magazine yesterday, so I'm looking forward to it, Lana. Well, thank you. I think it's more of a book review. Glenn asked me to review a book by a friend of his in Sweden, a guy named Lars. And it it was a book. Is that Um, Lars? Yes, I believe so. Oh, the one okay. from the um, uh, who does the um, readings for Reverend Arija? No, no, no. He's a, he's in Sweden, I believe. I don't think um, oh. I don't think he's well known in the United States. But he wrote several books, and and Glenn asked me. He sent Glenn sent me the um, English translations of them, and and he wanted me to review the third book which was on Christ consciousness and and it was a lovely read you know and it was a just journey and uh it, but it was more of a dialogue it was very much in the in the um same way a course of love is instructing us in dialogue it was a dialogue it started out between a dialogue between him and Jesus and a friend his friend named Albert and um and then it worked on to where it was the dialogue was before, between him and Jesus. And then the reader actually is invited to enter the dialogue. And and it was truly a miraculous experience because I could feel Jesus responding to the words I was reading. And I felt like mm-hmm. I was part of the dialogue with Lars and Jesus. So it's a, a really a, a cool book if anybody wants to read it. But anyhow. Now you won't have to read the article, Bill, because I just told you my review. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I want, now I'm anxious to read that. I haven't received mine yet, but I'm anxious to get it to read it. It might be in the mail. It's, it's today. a short uh-huh. piece. It's a very short piece. It's only a few paragraphs long. But, um, I saw that. Yeah. What's the name of the I'm book, Lana? Yeah. Um, hold what? on a second. I, I'm, I'm, my mind, hold on a minute. I have to, okay. it's on the floor, I have to get it. <laughs> well, it's published already, right? And you're just critiquing it? Oh, wait. Getting the book. Mm. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Was that a question for me? If so, I missed, missed the question. No, I'm saying, I think the book is, I don't know if it's, he's, she's yeah. critiquing yeah. it before it goes out the publication or it's been published already and she's just yeah. writing a you know a review in 2015 know, in 2015 uh-huh. when i picked, when i picked up a course of love um i had a discussion with glenn hoverman uh, and at that time he recommended that i pick up lars's book on jesus and the elevation of the elevated self of form uh, and I did. I picked it up and I read it, and 
um, I set it aside and have set it aside for like eight years now. My sense of it is it's time to go back and look at it again and see what Lars had to say from the standpoint now of having a deeper sense of the, the entire message here of A Course of Love. So I'm, I've added it to my reading list for this time. Oh, good. Well, I, I read all three. The first one is called Jesus on Catching the Bull, <laughs> and it's, it, it goes into a lot of Eastern philosophy. The second one is Jesus on the elevated form, on elevated form. It's and all three are dialogues. It's dialogue one, dialogue two. But I found the best one, the one that was the one that I wrote about, was dialogue three, Jesus on Christ consciousness. And it's also the thicker of the three books. The first two were mm-hmm. rather thin, but um, dialogue three by Lars is um, more substantial. And as I'm flipping through it, I have all sorts of notes in the margins. Like I, you know, Jesus will interrupt my thoughts as I'm reading it, and then I'll write down what he's giving me. Um, So anyhow, but they are in a form of dialogue. Then, of course, the elevated form is right out of A Course of Love. So it marries A Course in Miracles and A Course of Love together, which is really nice. And Jesus, it talks in a language that's that's um, very understandable. It's not heavy at all. So I was happy for that. <laughs> yeah. So um, briefly, just looking, I noticed that, is this the first time that Lars has had an article in the Miracles magazine? Um, I, well, I think it's the first time that Glenn has incorporated anything about Lars in the Miracle magazine. Um, I, I'm not, I can't say that for certain, but um, he was very excited about Lars's books. And, uh, and in fact, I got my copy of the Dialogues 3 before Glenn mm-hmm. got his. Glenn had the first two. But he and and so I had read it before Glenn even had read it, and um, you know, and I told him that you know it was wonderful, and I enjoyed it so much. So um, and I don't even know if these. Hopefully, they're on Amazon now, but they weren't even being distributed until recently. I don't know. I think um, Glenn got his copy straight from Lars. So um, because you got your copy, didn't you, Bill, from from Glenn? Uh, uh, yes, I did. Uh, yeah, Glenn okay. was, wasn't Glenn his publisher? No, no. Well, he may Ooh. be now in the United States, but these books. Hold on, let me look. You know, I'm just speaking without double checking here. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to read. It really doesn't. It really doesn't say, although maybe, I don't know. I'm just going to say I don't know. Um, I couldn't find them on Amazon. Maybe he has a, I think it does have a, he has a website in here somewhere where he talks about them. Dialogue with Jesus on page 17. Oh, this book says Made in the USA, 
This is the second one, the one that you have, Middleton, Delaware. And But it was just, this is the date in this book, November 23rd, 2023. So this was like, must have been hot off the press, because I think I got it in November. Mm-hmm. And let me see. The third one, and the third one is November 16th, 2023. So these are freshly published in the United States. So. Wow. Well, he's had, he's had a fan in the form of Glenn Hoffman for a long time. <laughs> oh, Glenn has international friends, that's for sure, all over the place. Yeah. 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 So, thank you. Thanks for that input. Anyway, looking forward to reading your article, Lana. And... Uh, as well as what Lars has added, put in here as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Let me ask Miss Gloria at this point in the session, because she's been quiet all evening, you know, regarding <laughs> anything we had spoke of earlier or anything that's particularly on your mind regarding anything, the holidays, your visit with your relatives, living with Reverend Bill, <laughs> I'll do that one. Uh oh. Since we heard, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, curious. you hear what they just said, Gloria? They just said they love to hear you speak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if anything, that's it. Don't say it, and has the truth. Um, to realize that I am not my body. I am a spiritual being. Um, It takes for me a long time to digest that I I am part of this universe as a spiritual. So my physical self is just a tool for me, is what I've been learning to realize that I am I am God's creation. And <clears throat> my memory came with this doctor I was telling Bill this morning. <clears throat> this doctor, he didn't believe in God. He just performed his work and that's all. At one time, his patient died. So they cover the man's body, <clears throat> and he went and um, take his gloves and start cleaning. And the, nurse, the nurses that were there, they uh, make an exclamation, oh my gosh. And he turned around, they cover, the sheet they cover this body, start lifting out of the body. And he said, it's part of the body uh, uh, that does the things. But, and then what he explained, he said, he saw the bed sheet cover went back to the body, but and then a cloud came 
out of the the body and disappear mm-hmm. and the ceiling. And that moment she said, Is that really a spirit of this person? So with that he um start getting more involved in what is the physical self and the spiritual self of each of us. He became more <clears throat> involved in children um, with cancer. He even gave his head to get attuned with the kids that were losing the, their, because of the cancer they were in the chemo or whatever it is. He got more spiritual into see his patients. That was, to me, that was <clears throat> a good example that he needs to understand that the physical self is not only that we have more than that. And and I'm thinking about this the physical self and the house of truth. The God doesn't deny that I I have physical body. For the contrary, He honor me to create me and to serve Him. He doesn't. Somebody. Yes, somebody you. The lot of noise. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm complete. I just want to share with you that um, um, reading that I got some some time ago. I'm complete. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful, Gloria. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you. I think all of us, you know, we read, you know, incident and doc, who was that other doctor? Oh, he wrote so many books, and his experience with death of his patients, and and it, you know, it's amazing, you know, to be there and to experience some of the, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, phenomena or the truth or whatever. But it's like. You know, but you can see, I know when my uncle passed and I was speaking to him as he went, it's almost like you can see, like, the, the life, the body just kind of goes into, uh, you can feel that there's no life in the body. It, like, just seeps right out. Yeah, you know, when I saw my sister. Oh, that's so true. When Tom passed transitioned, mm-hmm. I knew the moment his spirit left his body, there was just this yeah. emptiness about his body, like it was yeah. a shell of him he was leaving mm-hmm. behind. And the yeah. life force of it was gone. And, and when I worked at hospice, we heard miracle stories from the hospice nurses when any yeah. resident transition, transition, we'd have like a, a meeting after anyone transition so everybody could share their experiences with that person. And I'm telling you, there were some quite remarkable stories 
of the nurse, from the, especially the nurses who were present at their yeah. passing. So, yeah, it's a holy moment, a sacred moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Transition. A transition. Yeah. 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 yeah thanks, Rana. I think it's, it happened. You know. It happened to me when uh, my late husband was in the last stance of his life. Um, the doctors told me <clears throat> um, we need to disconnect him. Uh, you have to tell us, and I refused to do that. I, I thought I'm going to kill him. No, I, don't ask me. I'm, I'm, stand, I'm sitting in the room where he was, and I'm reading a book, trying to put my mind in a different stage. And I felt <clears throat> somebody close to me, and I thought it was a nurse. So I opened my eyes, and I said in this moment, oh, I'm in your way. And I saw my sister. My sister passed away like five years in that time. I saw her, and she said to me, let him go. I'm waiting for him. Mm. Oh, wow. And I, I realized that I had to do that, that I was so yeah. selfish to keep him. So I get out of the room, and I told the nurse, Tell the doctor that I'm ready for them to disconnect him. Mm. So I'm complaining. Oh, that was a blessing. Yeah, that was a blessing from, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. What a powerful call tonight. Thank you so much, yeah. everybody. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you everybody. So much, Tommy. Paula. So thank great you. to Good have night, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Good night, all. Have a good night. Good night. Love you all. Yeah. Happy yeah. New Year. Up. We'll see you Happy there. New Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year. I love you guys. Love, Love you, you guys. Thanks, everyone. Thank Bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye now.